This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHD or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Consider a career with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. As a Boilermaker apprentice, you'll earn while you learn. We offer excellent wages and benefits. And as part of our no-cost, hands-on apprenticeship program, you'll learn from the best in state-of-the-art training centers and on the job. Become a union Boilermaker and get on your way to a great career. Visit Boilermakers.org or call 844-IBB-WELD. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? It's going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery in collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. And welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause, our first edition for our first episode of 2024. So Jay Doc, I welcome you into 2024 and I welcome our audience in uh, to 2024. This is another year of the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Doc and Krause. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic, Joe. It's obviously great to be here. Uh, we had a great uh, 2023 um, and, and certainly 2024 is so promising. We've got so much going on. Um, you know, when I think about, and we do, and I'll talk about um, our awesome guest on today's show in just a couple minutes. But when I think about, uh, you know, where we, you know, the, the progress we made in 2023, I don't have to go too far. We had incredible guests, okay, and, and across the board. When I look back just in the last month, Joe, okay, just in the last month for the individual, I mean, literally, especially our board. Um, but we, you know, our, so many topics we're educating the public uh, within our policymakers. Discussion on electric vehicle mandates, uh, setback situation in in in, um, in Pennsylvania. Reggie, uh, regional uh, uh, the regional greenhouse gas initiative. We're talking about that topic a lot. Permitting reform, RINs, and the RFS, um, and not to mention the unbelievable guests we've had. From our energy education and awareness board uh, of, of directors, um, and beyond that, okay, uh, you know, you know, our goal is to educate the public on the details and facts of common sense and energy, okay. And the progress we made in 2023 has been incredible. Everything we could hope for, uh, and of course, going into 2024, uh, you know, we're, we're we're looking forward to expanding, uh, you know, not only uh, the broadcast, but also uh, our social media, our, our digital uh, footprint, uh, and of course, our reach across the country so we can educate people so they can form uh, educated opinions and make educated decisions, um, you know, on, on, you know, 
energy, energy policy, the facts and details about a lot of the, you know, we talk about our, our traditional energy resources and companies, uh, but also our renewables coming uh, into the market uh, so that we you get the opportunity to work together to use so many brilliant people and have the general public uh, be educated in the process again. So, we, you know, we don't get into the rhetoric or anything like that. We all care, like we always say, we, we all care about the environment. Uh, and obviously we care about, uh, you know, our energy and energy infrastructure. Uh, and of course, uh, like we always say, Joe, uh, when it comes to energy uh, and, and decisions, uh, uh, you know, on the environment, it's certainly, it's, it's, it shouldn't be a union issue. Okay, or a political issue. It's a human issue. Okay, so I couldn't be more excited about what's coming up, um, and so th that's a big deal. And of course, the show today too, Jay Doc, uh, with the, a great show to kick off uh, yep. 2024. Let me just remind our listening audience, and of course our viewing audience. But uh, if you uh, would like to consume uh, this show or, or any of our previous shows from the first two years. Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, just search the Labor and Energy Show. You'll be able to listen to some of those great conversations that we talked about. Um, we'll get started on the other side of the break, Jay Doc. But I'll give you just I'll give you uh, an opportunity or a little bit of a short runway here just to introduce our guests uh, who will join you for the full hour today. The next two segments uh, with a great company and two great leaders who are going to be with you today. Absolutely, Joe. And you know, couldn't have said it better. Ted Topakis, Topakis uh, General Manager, Neuter in Philadelphia. Don McCrowski, General Manager, Neuter in Toledo. And um, two great individuals. Uh, Neuter's been a, a huge supporter of, uh, you know, of, of the program, and we're very much appreciative of that. Um, but this company, okay, is unbelievable, okay? I mean, talk about historic in the energy sector and beyond, of course. Um, goes back to the late 1800s, okay? I mean, you know, the, the vast amount of uh, workforce they employ, uh, you know, the, 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 the culture of the company is incredible. Uh, you know, what they do is second to none, also giving back into the communities. But they, 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 their core markets, oil and gas, chemical, power, in, in, in industrial manufacturing, I mean, they're even getting into renewables and all those things. Just so much to talk about. Um, this this is a real, real treat, this broadcast. We'll get started on the other side with our special guest. This is the Labor and Energy Show with Jadoc and Krause. Back in a moment. The Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS carpenters buying a car is a big decision makes models colors cost but soon enough the government is going to make that decision for you delaware and new jersey are on a collision course to ban the sale of new gas-powered cars in 2035 you'll have no choice but to buy an electric vehicle in those states tell governor carney and governor murphy to stop the ev mandate and let drivers decide 
portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. Uh, welcome back to the Labor and Energy Show uh, on the Jacob Media Network. I'm ecstatic to bring into the program Ted Topakis, General Manager, Neuter, Philadelphia. How are you, Ted? Good, good. Happy New Year to you. Thank you for happy, having us on. It's our pleasure. Um, and Happy New Year to you as well. And Don Makrowski, General Manager, Neuter, and Toledo. Don, how are you, sir? I'm fantastic. Happy New Year, Joe. Uh, happy New Year right back. Lots to talk about. Uh, and and so, first of all, it, it, I, of course, we've appreciated Neuter uh, for what you do in the market. Um, I mean, for centuries <laughs> and, and, and what you do for our workforce and, and the communities and, and our, and our uh, energy sector and all the projects and all those things. But before we get into all that, because we're even going to touch on the, the history of Neuter. Um, which goes back, to, like I said in the, in the opening, to 18, the late 1800s. By the way, that's right about the time Krause came into the picture. But no reason to talk about that now. Um, but guys, if you would, and I'll, I'll start with Ted. Uh, if, if you would, Ted, a little bit about yourself, your pathway to neuter, and about what you do as a general manager. Sure. So about... 25 years I've spent in the, the energy space. Uh, I've worked for both the, the contractor side as well as the owner side over my career. Uh, spent the majority of my time working for oil and gas companies, whether it's building pipelines, gas distribution systems. Uh, also worked in the utility space, uh, worked in the electric utility, telecom markets, uh, wide range. Us majority of my career spent on the union uh, labor side of the house. So uh, predominantly here in, in the northeastern part of the country uh, was a major participant in the, the Marcellus Shale build out over the years. So uh, it's been a it's been a, a good career. It's been a, a good industry. And, uh, you know, we've got we've got a lot of things on the horizon that are just going to expand and continue to grow the business. Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, Don, if you would, a uh, little bit about yourself, your pathway uh, you know, to where you are today and, and your responsibilities. Yeah, I've been uh, about 25 years with Neuter uh, this year. Uh, all of them have uh, been with the uh, Toledo office. Uh, you know, I was born and raised in Northwest Ohio. Um, just sort of worked my way up. I spent a lot of time in our refining group. And um, I think in 2013, so about 10, 11 years, I've been the general manager um and you know out of the toledo office we everything you referenced there with the oil gas chemical power and industrial manufacturing uh heavy into all those um there's a lot of mixed industry in northwest ohio southeast michigan so we have a good good uh opportunities in a lot of different markets that we participate you know in the greater ohio area and 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 when we talk about general manager we and we're going to get into the company okay but at the magnitude of of um of neuter okay what uh, your responsibilities uh you know uh, you know in, in regards to you know overseeing the projects and, and the manpower and obviously the management talk about uh your daily responsibilities as a general manager 
in Philly, Ted, and of course in in Toledo, uh, Don. Uh, Ted, if you'll go first. So the the role of general manager is an overarching responsibility for multiple functions uh, for the company, right? Starting with safety, you know, the number one op- uh, obligation is to make sure we keep our people safe so that, you know, we have a passion about uh, our safety culture and being that you know, we, we start everything and making sure that our people go home the way they came. So. You know, that's number one. The other is the quality, making sure that we're, we're, we're pro- developing and providing a quality service to our customers, uh, you know, as well as the, the well-being of, of the financial health of the company as well. So there's a variety of different functions that uh, go across the uh, responsibility of my plate, you know, whether it's HR, whether it's, uh, you know, the charitable functions. There's a variety of different things that come across our plate on a daily basis that, Every day is a new adventure. You know, you start off with a certain agenda, but where the day takes you is is ultimately ends in, in with my responsibility to to make sure it's it's done with uh, safety and quality. Now, when you're the general manager, obviously in Philadelphia, and Don in, in Toledo, is it at one plant? Is it are you overseeing different projects, uh, Don? If you would, no, it's everything. Uh, you know, we we have. Uh, a lot of autonomy to run our offices. So each neuter office uh, has a general manager. Uh, we all report to one president. Uh, but within our, our uh, each office, you know, we have full PL responsibility and all business functions that we're responsible for. Uh, so we, we all do work beyond just our immediate footprint, geographical footprint. Uh, you know, out of our Toledo office, we have a currently we have a project that we're doing in Arkansas, a project in Kentucky. So wherever the project originates out of, whichever office, um, you know, that would funnel up under that general manager. Now, all of our offices, we routinely collaborate on the same project uh, regularly, uh, but wh- whoever has the origination of that project. Um, you know, they full, full responsibility for that. Uh, we also have uh, the things Ted didn't touch on. You know, we certainly partake on all of our strategic planning. Uh, so we, we, we make sure that uh, from a corporation standpoint, from a holding company level, all the way down through each business unit, that the corporate uh, strategic initiatives and goals uh, flow down and we we make sure that ours support the corporate so we're we're aligned across the entire corporation um, we we oversee those and that's really where we spend a lot of our time you know our, our we have a lot of very good uh, management mid-level management throughout the organization um, so there's lots of the business that sort of runs itself which affords the general manager's time to, you know, spend time with strategic initiatives, strategic clients, and, you know, strategic project pursuits. So how many offices are there across the country? Uh, We have large brick and mortar operations in Philadelphia, Chicago, St. Louis, Toledo, and Los Angeles. And uh, also, Ted will touch base on some utility work that we've recently started that's, that's happening out of the uh, Boston area. Uh, Ted will touch base on that. And then we have several smaller uh, offices that are just sort of uh, 
adjunct offices that help the main offices, you know, whether it's a strategic client, some of them have to do with just having a fab shop in a geographical location that is meaningful or things like that. But generally they have the five large offices that I reference. Ted. Ted. As Don mentioned, we, uh, so for the Philadelphia office, we've got responsibility predominantly in the, in the tri-state area uh, between the Eastern PA, New Jersey, and, and and Delaware is kind of our footprint for most of our business. Recently, we've embarked on a, a, a new venture out of our Norton, Massachusetts, which is a suburb outside of Boston. And uh, it's, a, it's a utility division that we've opened up that uh, focuses on, on storm restoration and uh, overhead utility distribution work. So it's been in, been in business for a little over a year now, and you know, starting to starting to grow legs and and gain a following. So as we talk about neuter, and I talked about the historical uh, part of it. I mean, the company goes back to the eighteen, I think it was eighteen nineties. Okay, and talk about that history before you know, because we're gonna. I, it's 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 amazing. When you talk, when people drive past these big plants, right, and they want to know, wow, I mean, how did that, you know, that facility get to where it's at? Well, a company like Neuter makes it happen with the unbelievable skilled workforce and great management. But let's, you know, this just didn't happen overnight. Um, I'd like to get in a little bit of the history of, of Neuter. Um, Don, do you want to jump in there? I don't know which one, which one of you guys. Is, is, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, you know, it originated in St. Louis, Missouri in the late uh, 1800s as a small boiler company and just really existed in the greater St. Louis area. And that, that business lasted for 30 or 40 years. And then they got into doing fabrication and eventually you know, had a world-class fabrication facility right on the Mississippi River, right in downtown St. Louis. And, you know, throughout the 40s, 50s, and then really all the way through the 90s, um, you know, they operated a large-scale, world-class, you know, state-of-the-art fabrication facility that predominantly built large pressure vessels. So throughout the world today, there are hundreds and hundreds of pressure vessels that are still in operation today and a number of oil refineries, chemical plants. Um, and that, that at peak, that, that fab shop employed, you know, close to 500 workers in a, in a fab shop. So just to give you a, a, a size magnitude and scale that you're talking about that to have, you know, 500 people working in the shop, it was huge. And, that existed all the way, you know, through the late nineties. And then when there was a shift in, um, fabrication to head to Southeast Asia, and that's really when you've seen, uh, Korea really, really starting to take off as, uh, an option for fabrication. And you saw a lot of domestic, um, fab shops, you know, close their doors, you know, in the starting in the eighties, nineties, and then, you know, it was uh, around 2001, I believe, when we we closed that shop because you did, there was just that massive global shift uh, in the industry to source everything from Southeast Asia. 
Um, but so that's certainly a part of our lineage and something we're very proud of. And, you know, I, I know myself with a lot of the time I spent in a lot of those petrochem facilities, you know, seeing that neuter nameplate on a lot of vessels, you know, some always a source of pride. Then, you know, then along the lines in the 70s, you know, they started doing, um, you know, the field fabrication and erection of some of the vessels. And then that, you know, morphed into uh, just full full scale, you know, industrial construction. And that's when, you know, we do a lot of mechanical work. You know, it started as really a Boilermaker company to support, you know, fabrication opportunities and erection. And, you know, today, you know, we have numerous trades that we self-perform that were signatory to um, at all of our offices. And, you know, we do a lot of electrical work, a lot of rotating work with our millwrights and conveyance work. Uh, you know, we have inside and outside electrical work that we do. And, you know, that's really that, that mechanical work and that non-boilermaker work that, you know, Neuter is known for uh, really is the, the power of the company today. And really a lot of our, uh, you know, the percentage of Boilermaker work that we do as a whole compared to the other trades is pretty small now. Whereas once upon a time, it really was, you know, the lifeblood of the company. Uh, we, there's just a significant amount of electrical work in, in, in piping and mechanical work that we're now doing uh, in conjunction with that. Uh, Ted, you want to add something there? Uh so basically, the the transition to the evolution of the company to uh, you know we're we're known in the industry, the refinery business, the power business for for our mechanical services. Uh, we have a a great relationship with our our pipe fitters, boilermakers, millwrights. We've got uh, rigging engineers. We're, we're we're known for for heavy lifts in the industry. So uh, when refineries go into major turnarounds, you know, the first person they want to call is Neuter to, to come in and help them plan their turnarounds. Uh, we come in, you know, months to years in advance to help, depending upon the size and scope of the work, be part of the, the team that goes through that planning and really comes down to the six, seven weeks of that turnaround to execute flawlessly. And that's, that's what we're known for. Yeah, okay, so it's interesting because but the more we have this conversation, the more I'm thinking, First of all, you talk about the diversity of the work and, and as the industry changed, uh, you know, and, and your expansion and not depending on one particular area. OK, um, and expanding into um, a lot of different areas. Immediately, my first thing, I, I go to, to the leadership. OK, and, the, you know, the importance of uh, leadership with vision, obviously, knowledge. Um, talk about the importance uh, of the leadership of a company. Okay, you know, from the top down, but also, you know, you talk about that a company's been around since 1890, but you, 1894 or, or the late 90s. Um, but, you know, you have been able to maintain a leadership level um, that's really, in a sense, unprecedented um, because there's so many eras when you talk about going back that far um, where, you know, you, you either stagnate or you you know, develop and, and, and grow. Talk about the leadership at a company. Uh, and, and by the way, you can throw yourselves in there um, and how important it is, it's been to not only surviving, but thriving throughout these different eras and changing 
particularly, like you said, since the early 2000s. I'll say the one thing is, so, we're, you know, we're, we're an employee-owned organization. And, you know, we have, you know, several hundred stockholders, you know, all part, all part owners of the business. So some of them are obviously significant stockholders and others are very minor. Um, but at the end of the day, you, it gives you a sense of pride and ownership. I know that's a little cliche, but there's there's really not many companies, uh, if any, that are structured in an ownership standpoint like we are. Certainly, there's plenty of ESOPs and employee-owned companies, but the amount of people that are afforded the opportunity to buy stock with the company, I think, is uh, perhaps one of a kind. And with that, we have a good uh, diversity of ownership. Uh, we have people who uh, come from the trades, who are still active in the trades, who are stockholders, and then all the way up through our, you know, the heads of all the companies. So you have a good mix of that. And what that does is it gives a, a voice to a, a very good um, spectrum of employees, backgrounds, uh, and things like that. So that really we've maintained that for for decades uh so having that diverse ownership group and makeup and then the longevity of that um really um has helped us you know sort of persevere through all the ups and downs the market swings you know there's lots of things that happen that are beyond our control um but having that mix i think uh and i think about myself as coming up through the organization it really helps you, um, you know, make better decisions. It helps uh, from a risk standpoint, you know, not taking undue risk. Um, and you, you do think about your fellow stockholders, you know, regularly. So I, I think that makeup is really something that has helped us and helped guide us. And then the amount of time and effort we spend on strategic planning as well. Uh, I think the combination of all of those is what's helped us uh, you know, survive and really thrive uh, for all these years. Ted? Yeah, I'd have to echo what Don was saying. I think the ownership structure really is a, is a major advantage. You know, you, you don't have, we're not a publicly held company, so you don't have to manage to a, a monthly or quarterly earnings guidance. You're not privately held by one single family that has direct control. You've, you've got that breadth of ownership that allows a conservative nature. We, we're, we do everything for the stockholders' benefit. Uh, you've got seasoned leadership that's been here for for many years, and then you also have new new talent that comes in, including myself. I've been here just over a year, and so you know when you have that mix of perspective of the history and and the culture of the company with some outside perspective. Uh, you know, you, you look at what's going on in the industry, you bring best practices from other areas to incorporate in the business. And, and you have that that great mix of, a, of of longevity versus new perspective to kind of help take advantage of of the markets that are in front of us. So it's from what I've seen here, it's a great culture, great leadership. And, and there's a there's a plan to transition and, and succession planning that goes hand in hand with that. Um, it's just so impressive, man. And, and you know, when I think about being able to expand in the different areas, succeed at the level 
that you talk about it's just it's just um so impressive we're gonna you know for you know continue this conversation and and expand it um we're gonna take a quick break i'm gonna throw it back to krause we'll have more from the labor and energy show with jay dot and krause in just a minute what's a boiler maker we're the skilled welders riggers and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge we step up when others step back we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. Neuter Integrated Multicraft Contractors has been a force since 1896. That's right, 1896. And specializes in welding, piping, mechanical, structural, constructability reviews, project management, and rigging design services. For a free consultation, call Neuter at 314-421-7600. Neuter proudly serves petroleum refining, chemical processing, power generation, and alternative energy. Get in touch with Neuter at 314-421-7600. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. Today's program is pre-recorded. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the labor union community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. Welcome back to the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Dock and Krause. We're on the Jacob Media Network, uh, broadcasting up the East Coast, and uh, we've got fantastic guests. Uh, the company is Neuter, uh, legendary company in, 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 uh, in our industry. Um, Ted Topakis, general manager, Neuter, Philadelphia. Don Makrowski, general manager, Neuter, Toledo. Um, gentlemen, uh, you know, we talked about the leadership, but it's just so interesting, the vision and, and the, uh, the ability to pivot in, in a lot of ways. Um, and as we talk about the company, um, you know, I'd like to talk about what the end user can expect. Okay. You, you mentioned you know, massive shutdowns, okay, and so much on the line, uh, and and when 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 things are when, when you're bringing in hundreds and sometimes thousands of of workers um, on shutdowns or just general projects, um, talk about what uh, you, you know the confidence and what an end user can expect when they bring neuter in to lead uh, and, and spearhead their projects. Uh, Don, if you will. Sure. I think though what we talk about most is predictability. Um, that you know, you're you're hiring neuter to deliver uh, an expected level of safety, quality, and schedule attainment. And I think that we have a, a significant recurring revenue stream uh, from many, you know, Fortune 500 companies, a lot of publicly traded companies um that they they know what they get and we're, we're far from perfect and you know we make mistakes uh every day on big projects uh but our our commitment to schedule our commitment to safety um we're, we're fortunate to have a lot of good customers who share an aligned um safety strategy as us uh we're able to you know apply resources as necessary to achieve the safety performance that we expect. Uh, so that's very good. Uh, we have a lot of great customers who support that. And we, we just understand what's at stake with 
publicly traded companies, the, the demands from their um, investors and private equity uh, is always something that we take very serious. We're cognizant of that. Uh, we are, our project management teams understand um, the pressures that the owner is under. And we, we have a, you know, decades long processes of how we execute those projects, how we attract labor from across the country to support the very large projects. And uh, that, that um, predictability is what we, we, we like to hang our hat on, that you know what you're going to get. Um, and they can uh, take solace in that, I think. It's interesting, you're, you know, being humble. I, 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 every, you know, we're human, everybody makes mistakes, but you're right a hell of a lot uh, more than you're not. And I mean, that's why, and, and Ted, if you would talk about the value of some of these projects, I mean, uh, these aren't like million dollar, you know, to, uh, projects. These are multi tens of million, billion dollar projects we're talking about. Talk about the magnitude of the projects, the shutdowns. Um, and what's on the line with, with some of these uh, projects that you do on a daily basis across the country? So, Joe, you're correct. Yeah, the, the size and scope of these projects are significant, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Uh, you know, for us in the Philadelphia area, you know, we focus a lot of our efforts in, in the refinery space. So, you know, when you when you think about a refinery, they have a certain amount of time to shut down do all their capital projects, their maintenance work. Uh, so when they're shut down, they're, they're not producing any revenue at that particular time for the most part. So they're relying uh, on that window of time to, to execute flawlessly, get back online when they're, when they're uh, scheduled so that they can meet their deliverables on the back end. So, you know, for us, it's imperative that we meet our, our, our commitments so that we don't do do any harm to our customers. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a significant amount of pressure and it comes down to our people. Our, our people have a lot of industry knowledge, ex expertise and uh, dedication to their craft. And so without that, none of this would be possible. But let's talk about the magnitude of, 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 of the company from a, an employee workforce standpoint. How many, uh, and the lives in a sense that you're impacting just with the workforce that you're employing uh, on a daily basis, kind of throughout the country. It doesn't have to be an exact number, but I want the people to understand um, the magnitude of the company and how many lives, um, you know, that you're impacting, uh, who are making a living wage and a good one with benefits and all those things. Um, what are we looking at in general, uh, Don? You know, we're, I'd say over the last 10 years, you know, we, we've averaged uh, between four and six million work hours executed on an annual basis across all of our companies. Um, you know, no, no offices, you know, we're rarely that all of our offices are slammed at the same time. So that's why, you know, we, we have a standardized um, processes and infrastructure so we can plug and play project management across uh, different projects and different offices. Um, so with that, you know, we have, you know, several hundred, what we would consider, you know, professional salary, you know, positions. And if, you know, if you do a full-time equivalent, um, you know, you're talking upwards of 3000, you know, strong workforce in a given year that we may hire across the, the country. 
you know, amongst all of our offices. And and uh, when you talk about uh, that workforce in a in a in a you uh, know in a year, you know, just in a particular area, and, and Ted, you know, let's just talk about Philadelphia, the workforce that's you know that's employed in one section uh, of the country. Um, what are we looking at? So you're asking what type of uh, salary or the number of workers that uh, the number of workers. Uh, uh, so the number of workers, we're probably looking at anywhere, you know, we're probably 500, you know, employees, you know, craft employees, uh, probably 100 staff employees. Uh, and it ramps up and it, it, it ramps down based on the, the workload that we have. So it's uh, project specific. But, you know, at, at any given point in time, we could be, you know, 500 to 750 people a year employed. And so we talk about the workforce that is employed. OK, uh, we talked about what the end user can expect. Let's let's throw that in there. Obviously, there's a, 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 a least amount of trades. OK, um, talk about. The, you know, the workers um, that are, you know, that you're bringing on, you know, union workers, you have your professional workers talk about, you know, the training that they receive, um, you know, obviously the work ethic and, and, uh, and, and what type of employee that is coming through those doors uh, with that neuter hard hat on. So for us and, and the, you know, really the, the, when you onboard somebody, you know, a lot of the professionals that we have or the, Craftsmen that we come that come through our door are are trained from the from the trade they're in. Whether it's the the pipe fitters, the boiler makers, the 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 linemen that we're employing, uh, they come with a great history and great training program. So they're professionals when they when they arrive. What we what we bring here, what we, they can expect is you know the culture that we're going to instill upon them. Where it comes to our safety and our quality, they go through an onboarding process. Uh, they they go through a training program that speaks to, you know, what what the expectations are from not only neuter but as well as the customer. So uh, the expectation is they they bring their craft along with our culture, and we're going to provide it a a superior product for for the industry. Absolutely, Don. Yeah, and I'll add to that. Um, throughout all the various apprenticeships, you know, throughout the country near our offices, you know, we're intimate with those apprenticeships. So a lot of our uh, supervisors, our apprentice uh, instructors, you know, we serve on JATCs uh, in a lot of places. Uh, we sit on, you know, um, pension and, you know, health and welfare committees and things like that. So we, we try to uh, zipper up from bottom to the top with all of the various trades so we're intimate and we have, um, you know, we get to see who the who the good apprentices that are coming uh, and try to recruit. You know, that's very competitive. We're certainly not the only contractor doing that. Um, but that helps us identify people that, you know, we like to get. And, you know, hopefully they can retire with Neuter, you know, from their apprenticeship all the way to the end of the uh, their careers. Uh, so that's something we invest a lot of time in and, you know, throughout with all the trades. You know, at the national and international level, we have very good, long-standing relationships with the executives of all of the, you know, major trades, and those are uh, relationships that you know we also have. Look at that as sort of succession planning: is when people are leaving the organization who and retiring, 
who have those relationships that we're making sure that those are portable uh, to somebody else within the organization uh, because we, you know, we're in this together and we uh, spend a lot of time with, um, you know, fostering those relationships. So, you know, talk about, you know, being ingrained in the entire, you know, I, you know, you know in, in the, in the, when you, you talk about the unions and being involved and in, ingrained in each one of the, uh, the unions and, and, and the uh, trades that, that work uh, as, as part of neuter. Um, let's, let's talk about the core markets, okay? Um, that, that neuter, you know, is a part of. Um, talking oil and gas, chemical power, industrial manufacturing. I always want to remind our listeners that we're having a, this is the Labor and Energy Show, we're having a soup to nuts conversation with leadership uh, from Neuter, one of the major companies in our industry, uh, Don Mikrowski, general manager at Neuter Toledo, Ted Topakis, general manager, Neuter Philadelphia. Um, let's let's talk about those core markets. Um uh, Ted, if you will, um, talk about the, the projects, the facilities in in Philadelphia uh, that comprise, uh, you know, neuter when it comes to those core markets. So it's a, the energy space is critical to to who we are as a as a company. We try to serve the markets that that are in our in our area where where the market's growing. You know, we're looking at you know existing our existing footprint. Uh, staying in the in the refinery and and power generation markets, uh, but also looking at to where where the future is. So, you know, we've got to protect our, our our core business and maintain that presence, but also look to where does the country want to go for its energy needs. So we diversify into the renewable space. We're diversifying uh, to meet the needs of whether it's the hydrogen hubs that were just announced recently. You know, Mach two or you know, whatever that may be, uh, you know, then there's the electrification movement that's out there. So, you know, as the country is moving more towards EVs or, uh, you know, microgrids, you know, that we've got to strengthen our, our electric infrastructure. You know, we're, we're looking at all that and saying, where, where does neuter need to be? How do we position ourselves to take advantage of, of what the markets are requiring? And so we're constantly in through our strategic planning, looking at the different spaces of what we need to do as a company, make sure we have the resources, we're, we're investing in the right technologies, uh, the right safety programs and looking at, at the future. So it's 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 not not resting on your laurels and saying this is what we do today, but what can we be doing tomorrow so we continue to serve and meet, meet the needs of this country? It's interesting you say that because in a sense, it's almost like a microcosm of, of what Neuter has been about for, you know, well over a hundred years, and that is, you know, expanding. With, you know, with the market, with the, with, with technology. Um, you talk about renewables. Um, and uh, Don, let me ask you a question: Do you feel a response? And, and Ted also, do you feel a responsibility as part of leadership during this time to be able to, in a sense, a, a, you know, expand and grow with technology and obviously with, you know, the, the direction of energy? Is it an interesting? part of being leader, a leader here, and in a sense, you have the baton, just like those before you, and expanding uh, into the into the markets as they come along, like, in a sense, you know, your forefathers, uh, because this is a company where you can actually say your forefathers. Um, is there is that a an air and a, and a responsibility, 
that you take, um, you know, that you wear as a badge of honor, Don? Sure. This this goes back to where I mentioned the uh, being an employee owned company. You know, it's uh, looking out for all those future stockholders. Right. So uh, when I retire, you know, I'm going to have a lot of people from my office uh, that are in their 20s and 30s that uh, we got to make sure that they have an avenue and a, and a platform to carry the business on. And that's why we're pretty excited about uh, some emerging markets. Uh, you know, we've got a uh, project that is going to have a public announcement next week, so I can't divulge it. But Neuter's going to EPC a solar project for a Fortune 200 company. Um, this will be at two of their manufacturing locations to get them to carbon neutral. Uh, so we are going to uh, break ground on those in 2024, and there'll be a public announcement on that next week. Uh, so very excited about that. Um, and we're also have a project that we've recently mobilized uh, in Kentucky. It's a greenfield battery recycling plant. Uh, and this is to support the EV industry. And, you know, there's a challenge with getting the rare earth elements um, oh, yeah. into the market, right? Yeah. So this is, you know, part, part of how the industry will uh, meet the demand is to recycle batteries, so lithium ion. So we're very excited about that project um, that we're doing the design build uh, with a construction manager on that one. And so we mobilized a few months ago. That's probably about an 18-month project. Um, so those, those two and plus what Ted mentioned with the um, electrical group out of Boston, with what we're looking at there, uh, those are all very new to neuter, um, but very much part of our strategic plan and uh, things that we see as, you know, sustained, you know, markets uh, that probably exist for the foreseeable future that uh, we feel real good about where we are in that space. And there's several other things that we're working on um, that are just, on level with that, uh, some of those we can't really get into from a strategic standpoint, uh, but uh, very excited about the future. There's a lot of a lot of new things that uh, we have in the works. And, and having said that, and that's one of the things we talk about about, about on the show: our traditional energy resources and, and, and uh, uh, organizations, um, and working together. Because it's amazing how many people are are passionate about the future. OK, and getting into renewables, maintaining our traditional energy resources, working together as we, uh, you know, work towards that carbon neutral future. We're, you know, we're all in it together. We only have a couple minutes. Um, and safeties, are, you know, we, we talk about the key crafts, boilermakers, pipe fitters, mill rights, electricians. There's a, a, and, and again, we're going to spitfire here because we've covered so much ground, but there's a national agreement um, that neuter. Uh, has if, if you'll take a minute, uh, it, it, you know, and then I want to close up on on you talked about safety, you know, talk a, 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 about a minute on the on the national agreement. Don, I'll let you take that one. Sorry, sure. Yep, that's uh, you know, with that we have a that's kind of goes back to the um the relationships we have uh, that are decades long, you know, with all these trades. Um, that we, we work under uh, most of our projects we do under PLAs and national agreements that 
again, give, give the owner uh, a say-so in the project. It gets them involved in the upfront planning. And we, we work with the owner and the labor and management together uh, in a tripartite fashion. And all of our large projects are executed under a, one of those type of agreements. You know, there's two or three different versions. And, 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 and that makes it, you know, it's, yeah. it's such a secure situation. That talks about the magnitude of, of neuter. Um, as we roll, and I know you talked about safety, and I just want to, um, you know, so that people can go home the way they came in. And I know it's such a major, major part of what Nuda does. Um, and so I obviously, you know, we talked about it. I wanted to reiterate that. Um, but also 30 seconds on, on, on giving back because Nuda is not only, you know, you're involved in different charities and we got about 30 seconds, but I wanted to touch that because we just got out of the holiday season and Neuter not only makes a difference on the job, but in the communities. Sure. All, all of our offices are um, longstanding within the communities that we work. Um, and it's something that we expect and we discuss. And it's almost sort of competitive to see who can get creative the most with, you know, doing things for their employees and charities in their backyards in those communities. Uh, all of our offices are intimate with those types of things. Um, we don't have a national one. We, we let each office decide on their own what they're going to um, support. But it's very important to our culture and our employees, for sure. Uh, gentlemen, Don Makrowski, General Manager, Neuter Toledo, and, and Ted Topakis, General Manager, uh, Neuter Philadelphia. I want to thank you both uh, for, for joining us here on the Labor and Energy Show, giving us kind of a soup to nuts on neuter uh we appreciate what you do uh you know for the industry for 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 the energy sector for the workforce and for the communities and we really appreciate the support on the program thanks so much for joining us and happy 2024 gentlemen thank you for having thanks, us Bill. appreciate the opportunity thank you it's our pleasure we'll have more from labor and energy show in just a minute. The Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS carpenters can you afford a brand new electric car or a charging station for your home want to spend your days waiting in line at a public charging station well buckle up delaware and new jersey are planning to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035 most drivers can't afford it don't need it and don't want it tell governor carney and governor murphy to stop the ev mandate and let drivers decide Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. And back here on the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. J-Doc, good two segments um, today. Great way to start uh, or kick off, rather, 2024. Um, only a couple of minutes left here in the close, which is usually the case and usually means you had a great interview. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, Joe, you're talking about neuter and the magnitude of neuter and the lives that they impact, the projects that they impact, uh, okay, on a daily basis. Uh, the communities, okay? We could have, you know, done, you know, well more than we did um, because you can see, I mean, you're talking about a company that um, has been around since 1890, mid-1890s. But what I really loved about it is you see how they uh, are, are constantly expanding the, you know, you know their company, okay? Meat and technology and, 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 and you know, where energy is going uh, and, and, and certainly employing so many families, okay? And doing it safely, okay? Safety is such a big part, ensuring um, that, that individuals go home, yeah, for, come home from work the way they came in. And then you talk about the leadership and uh, a company like that. And to do it for generations and after generations, after generations is so impressive. Um, we're just real appreciative that we, you know, we have a company uh, like Neuter who has done it for so long is, is going to continue to do it at such a high level at a magnitude of what they're doing. And of course, when you want to thank the, uh, you know, Don and Ted for, 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 uh, you know, for being on the broadcast, just a great show. No doubt about that. And we will continue to do what we do here in 2024 on the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Doc and Krause as we transition and we roll in uh, to 2024. Got about 35 seconds left, Jay Doc. We've got a good year already on schedule for this year. And we've got some exciting things coming up as well that we'll plan as the year rolls on. No question, Joe. Like we said at the beginning, um, we're going to have great guests. We're going to educate the public. We're going to ed educate our policymakers, uh, and 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 on on the details and information of common sense and energy. And I think we have a unique opportunity to make a difference. Okay, so that you know our leadership can work together. Okay, to 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 meet our energy needs, our environmental needs, which are a total priority, uh, and 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 certainly uh, do it at a level uh, where. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we never fall behind and, and, and where the United States maintains its its energy security. OK. And, and, and leadership. And so um, and so that we can impact the world like we're continuing to do so on so many levels. That's going to do it for this edition of the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Doc and Krause. Don't forget, you can download this edition of the Labor and Energy Show via podcast. Just go to Apple or Spotify and search labor and energy show on behalf of my partner jay Hoffman, and on behalf of the entire neuter company i'm joe Krause. see you next time everybody thanks for listening to tonight's labor and energy special you can help call your congressperson and join the movement to push back on rins this program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.